Hey everyone, happy Tuesday, uh, if that's the day you're listening to this episode. Um, I Podcasting is like one of the greatest things. I listen to a thousand different podcasts. I'm so happy to have a podcast of my own. One of the frustrating things or elements about podcasting is I don't get that much feedback. Uh, it's very much a one-way channel. So this is me asking you all for feedback. Uh, leave me feedback in ratings. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Billy underscore Draper. That was a bit of feedback slash shameless plug. Um, I'd love to hear about questions you'd want asked um, about, uh, you know, comments about old episodes, uh, different guests you'd want on the show. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm, you know, doing as best I can to bring on interesting guests, but I'd love to hear from you all. So follow me, subscribe, rate, love you all. This is a great episode. You know, we get the Google Analytics going. Uh, we send a tweet out, and uh, immediately we're expecting like this big cascade. Yeah. And we open the Google Analytics up, and there's two dots: one in Venice and one in Scottsdale. And nobody came to the site. Welcome everybody to the Making the Brand podcast. My name is Billy Draper. I work in early stage venture capital. And on this show, we're gonna be talking about brands. We'll talk to founders and leaders of growing consumer companies that are finding ways to stand out, differentiate, and delight their customers. On today's show, we have Steven Galanis, founder and CEO of Cameo. He teaches us about building a new market from scratch. Today on the show, we have uh, Stephen Galanis, um, the founder and CEO of Cameo. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So every episode, I like to start out by just asking, what is Cameo? Cameo is a marketplace where fans can book personalized video shoutouts and now personalized DMs from 25,000 of their favorite athletes, actors, and celebrities. You said 25,000? 25,000. That is incredible. And and what? how did you start this? How did you get into the celebrity video shout-out game? We had the idea that the selfie was the new autograph. You know, when you see somebody famous, you want to take a picture with them, post it on Instagram. If it's not on the gram, it didn't happen. Right. And, uh, and my co-founder, Martin, uh, was an NFL agent and movie producer. He was telling me about a problem he was having with one of his... Instagram famous but non-starter NFL players and yeah. like how he couldn't find them endorsement deals. And my other co-founder, Devin, was actually one of the original Vine stars. He's someone that had a billion loops on Vine but had never found a way to monetize that. And uh, Martin, my one co-founder, showed me this video he'd gotten for one of his buddies who was very high up in Nike's consumer marketing department. And Martin got this player, Cassius Marsh, to record a video congratulating him on becoming a father. And this guy who knows LeBron and Tiger Woods and right. Michael Jordan put it on Instagram and said it was the best gift he ever got in his life. And that was kind of the aha moment. It's like if you're in the know with the biggest talent in the world, like you're still impressed by, you know, Cassius, who I love is our first investor and our first talent, but you know, not, it's not Maverick. It's, I mean, it's not, right. it's not LeBron. It's, it's not, not LeBron, right. Magic Johnson. It's right. not Michael Jordan, you know, and, but because it's personalized and authentic, it's still that powerful. And so how did the three, so the three co-founders? Yes. So how did the three of you decide, what were you doing before? 
I was at LinkedIn at the time. Um, Martin was an NFL agent who had the thesis and movie. He was a former movie producer turned NFL agent who had the thesis that maybe if he found like a very big personality, you know, defensive lineman, he could find the next rock, you know, yeah. basically find a guy that he could make a person that was a big personality and put him in action movies. Uh, my uncle actually produced the Irishman is his most recent, but did Lone Survivor, Rambo, you know, Conan, ton yeah. of big blow him up action movies. So Martin really believed like he could find the next rock. Right. And when he signed that guy, like while he wasn't, he never became a movie star. He was losing money on him every month and, and ultimately uh, was trying to find any external revenue source for him. And we really felt like, hey, maybe, um, you know, there's an autograph market, but if the selfie is a new autograph, one of the big problems is that you need to be in the same, like, to take a selfie with someone, you have, like, physical location, they it's, have to cross, right? Important. You have to meet them, they have to yeah, say yeah. yes, all this type of stuff. So you can buy remote, you can buy autographs, you know, from people that you've never met before, but there's no way to get a selfie with them, and we really felt this was the solution. And then, but, but, and so you have the aha moment and then you, you, all three of you were together or you just decided like, Hey, we're, did you start while you were still at LinkedIn or did you start, did you sort of bridge the gap at all? Or did you say, Hey, we're going to drop everything and go. Yeah. Uh, so Martin and I literally had the idea, uh, as I was driving him home from my grandmother's funeral, uh, he showed me this while he was in the car. He flew in from LA to Chicago for the day. Um, we, he showed me this video immediately. I'm like, we should sell those. I drew, dropped him off at O'Hare. The second he got through security, he called me. I took the first flight out the next day. We spent like three days riffing on building a marketplace where for X amount of money, you could do Y activity with Z person. So not just videos, but live events or FaceTimes or having talent tweet at you or tag you in an Instagram post, like anything you could imagine that you know had a dollar amount like that a talent could potentially charge for we wanted to sell including merch including like a lot of things that we probably wouldn't do now um martin and i are not technical so we needed to right. find somebody to build it uh, i called upon devin who is one of my you know very close friends from duke and the best engineer i knew and um you know devin was pretty excited about it because you know he was a vine star and he like knew about the reality of like being more famous on social than you are rich. Right. So this was like a mission, you know, finding a way for fans to actually uh, help, you know, keep a creator going was a mission that was really exciting to him. And, uh, you know, put the dream team together. Uh, Martin was still a full-time agent for about the first year. I was working at LinkedIn for three months. It was on a, uh, a trip to Nicaragua with a couple guys I work with and everyone like that, knew about this for the three months I was doing both was like obsessed with it. Right. And now a bunch of them work at Cameo and have oh, since great. left LinkedIn. But, you know, one guy wanted to run sales, one wanted to run marketing, yeah. one run, run product, all this type of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I was sitting in a hot tub in Nicaragua and my buddy Will uh, comes up to me and goes, Stephen, this idea is too big. Like if you stick around LinkedIn and somebody else builds this and becomes a billionaire, could you live with yourself? And to me, the answer was so clearly no that I literally never went back and started working on this uh, exactly uh, on January 5th, 2017 and been doing it ever since. And how did you, were all three of you from Chicago? No, the thing that was interesting, the other two were in LA. So oh, I was okay. the lone person in Chicago. Chicago has this place called 1871, which is like a 
It's the number one incubator in the world now, interestingly. And uh, while Devin was building the product and Martin was working on getting the first talent on the business, I went through the 1871 incubator and was like, I want to learn how to run a tech company. Right. And, you know, every day there were classes and mentors and I took all the classes. I met all the mentors. I really refined my pitch and like, you know, told the story a million times. And, um, you know, our first investors came out of there friends and family. And then, uh, Mike Gamson, who was very high up at LinkedIn, uh, the top of my org, you know, called me, cold called me three months after I left and, and, uh, you know, let our, our seed round, which or not our seed round, I guess our angel round, which enabled me to build the company in Chicago and the early stage Chicago VCs jumped in. So we didn't raise any money outside of Chicago until the series A. And did your two co-founders, Martin and what's the other one's name? Devin. De- Martin and Devin, did they come out to Chicago or are they still in LA? Oh, they've always been in LA. Oh, so, great. Um, you know, we've been remote. You have since a remote the, team? We've, we've been distributed since the very beginning. Since uh, before it was cool or since, just when it was starting to be cool. Yeah. And, you know, like back then Zoom wasn't as good as it is I'm now. Sure. But like I remember we were doing video chats and like Google chat and, yeah. or FaceTiming or anything. But, you know, we used to do every single day from like, you know, 10 a.m. Chicago, like at 10 a.m. Chicago time, like the three of us would sign in and chat for an hour and then go off and do our own thing. And, um, you know, we did a lot of really creative things in the early days to keep a remote team aligned. Um, For the first three years of the company, we used to do a daily stand up every morning for like 15 minutes. So for 15 minutes, every employee in the world would sign in, say what they were doing that day. And like, then we would just kind of move on. Obviously as we've scaled, we've, the daily standup has turned into a, a weekly one, and, right. you know, a company email that goes out and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think we got pretty good at being a remote team and it's actually getting harder now with more people, but you know, our leadership team is divided between Chicago and LA and we just live on airplanes. Do you, um, how'd you come up with the name cameo? It's sort of perfect. There are a few companies that come on the podcast where it's like, God, it's such a perfect name. When when did that happen? How did that happen? So we went to market with the name Power Move. Oh, there we go. uh, It was first powermove.io. We never thought we were going to keep that. Sounds like a different business. Yeah, we hired a branding firm and they came up with their number one name they came up with was Hero Hub. And, uh, And Hero Hub... Like was one of those that I felt like we absolutely couldn't do. You know, we're a Chicago company. The two biggest marketplaces are Grubhub and Spot Hero, right. and it sounded like we just ripped You're them just off. Them, yeah. And then, you know, as I I sent a survey to like all my LinkedIn followers, and especially a lot of my East Coast friends were like, "Sounds like a sandwich shop." You know, Hero Hub, yeah, yeah, it does. So, so it sounded like a sandwich shop. So we didn't do that. Uh, another name they came out with was Hyped H Y P D. You know, which was actually kind of a cool name, but like. Yeah. I felt like it was a little too like millennial, a little too like right. flashy. Drop the E. And, yeah. uh, and then honestly, like my brother, who was, you know, our first employee, ended up like just being like, I think the name's Cameo. And at the time, we could not get Cameo.com. All the socials were taken. Right. But, you know, it was like, yeah, like, fuck it. We should, you know, we should make a Cameo. How far through the, how, how deep into the business were you? If you started Jan... 2017. Yeah, we. I mean, so we had the idea in October of 2016. Uh, I think we sold our first video in like February or March. It was spring training time. Okay. Uh, when we like actually launched, but um, so it was right around that time. Like we may have sold a video, we may have not. Yeah. Um, but it was 
within the first six months of working on it, but you know, before we were like, I think the first month we did $129 in GMV and we yeah. take 25% of that. Yeah. The second month we did, you know, we, we did, um, $450 hey, GMV. So it was, it was yeah. somewhere in that like right. caliber. So good, like we've been, growth. we've been cameo pretty, you know, for pretty much the whole time. Who was the first sold video? Uh, the first old video is actually a really funny story. So uh, when we launched Cameo, like for those of you that have been to our website, Cameo.com, there's a lot of things to do on it. You can watch reaction videos. You can browse right. through all the talent. You know, people can easily go through a rabbit hole in, on Cameo. It's fun. Uh, it is fun. But at this time, imagine like we had no, we had one talent, Cassius right. Marsh. There <laughs> were no uh, reaction videos. There were no videos at all. Like yeah. it was literally just like a Google, almost like a Google form. Yeah. And um, we always believe that, like, if we got the talent, all we needed to do was have them, like, tweet out or put it on Instagram, say right. that they were on it. And then, you know, the floodgates would open right. and people would come and buy. Then they're fr- and then on the talent side, their friends would come on and then they would start to see the value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Cassius is on there. So Cassius is on there. He's the only talent on. We decided we we're going to launch. It was a Tuesday night. Uh, Martin, Devin, and Cassius were at Devin's apartment in Venice Beach. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, trying to get Jason Kipnis, our second talent, on. Okay. So I flew out there with a buddy from LinkedIn who was like his best friend from high school. So Sean and I are, are in Scottsdale. The rest of the boys are there. You know, we get the Google Analytics going. Uh, we send a tweet out, and uh, immediately we're expecting like this big cascade. Yeah. And we open the Google Analytics up, and there's two dots, one in Venice and one in Scottsdale, and nobody came to the site. And in fact, like not only did nobody come to the site, but Cassius started like getting people were talking shit to him because he's like, hey, for 25 bucks, I'll make a video saying whatever you want to whoever you want. And he was alone on the hill. And he had just invested like 25 grand in the company. Right. And people were like, how much is this company paying you? Right. How broke are you? Like, right. why? Do you? It was like, so he started getting trolled on Twitter. Right. And all of a sudden, he got pissed off. He was basically like, fuck you guys guys like i'm out like i want right. my money back martin that was his only client as an nfl age so he was furious he ran out after him and devin and i are doing the postmortem and we're like hey maybe google's not working so i remember literally like leaving the website and then the dot in scottsdale disappeared and then i like <laughs> and then i working. and then i went back and like the dot came back I'm like nope it's not google it's just us so anyways cash didn't delete the tweet and, and maybe like 10 minutes later uh, a dot popped up in like Renton, Washington, which is where the Seahawks have their facility. So it's like, okay, cool. Somebody's on the site. Right. And again, there was nothing to do on the site. It was literally like, who's it for? What do you want to say? And like, bye. Yeah. And for four minutes, this dot's just on rent, like on the website. And you guys are just and, watching and literally were, carefully. It, it felt like four hours. Yeah. And, you know, what I are remember they like do? my, like, are they going to buy? Are they going to buy? And the yeah. dot just disappeared. Yeah. And I'd never been more dejected in my life. Yeah. Right. I'm now had left LinkedIn three months ago, right. right? Like, it's like, oh shit, maybe we should have sold one before I knew it. Right. Like the world was rejecting our idea. Right. Like nobody wanted it. People were talking the shit. Talent the talent was embarrassed, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It was about as like bad of a launch as you could ever imagine. Sure. And, you know, and this dot disappears and I just remember being so dejected. And then uh, all of a sudden I like, my phone vibrates and I get a DM on Twitter. And this... Uh, this guy goes, hey, my daughter Reese is Cassius Marsh's biggest fan in the world. It's her 16th birthday on Thursday. I'm trying to buy, but your payment processor is not working. <laughs> so immediately, like, oh, wow. Okay. So he spent four or five minutes yeah, trying to go. Just trying, trying, like, to probably the, clicking, trying to refreshing. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, tell me what to say. Like, we'll get the video done. Right. All this stuff. Now, we'll email it to you. Now, Cash was so, and it was funny because 
uh, Cassius was just in Chicago. It was NBA All-Star Weekend, so we were having dinner catching up about the story. Yeah, yeah. And he forgets this part. Like, now it's like, oh, yeah, I knew about Cameo right away. Right. He's like, but I was always I was, I, I was <laughs> diehard. But, like... I remember for like about three or four days, we could not get a hold of him. Of he didn't want yeah, to talk right. to us. He was mad. And finally, like Martin got him to like do this video, but we missed the little girl's birthday. Yeah. And we just said, don't worry about the price. Like we just want to, don't yep. worry about paying us. We just want to make it happen. And we sent the video back to the dad and the dad, uh, ends up, you know, filming the, vi- filming his daughter, watching it. And this little girl was so excited. She started crying. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget at the very end, she goes, how did you do that? And he goes, daddy's awesome. That's how. And yeah. it like, like the hairs on my arm still go up. And I remember by that time I'd left you know, Scottsdale and I was in Miami at the Miami Open trying to get like a tennis player on. Right. right. Like, I was just getting on planes yeah, at that point. Any friend of hey, a friend who I, knows an athlete. Yeah. My buddy Isaac like had some in and I, I yeah. knew this guy, Ollie, who was like a uh, tennis agent and was yeah. like, so we were just like scrappy, scrapping. like whatever we could this do. This is true scrapping. True scrapping, like like you know tackling people. You know, if you were like a big dude, you're like, hey, do you play tennis? Yeah. Uh, and bottom line, um, you know, this dad sends me this video, and I got that reaction. And the second I saw that, I'm like, if we can make one person feel like this at scale, we can make billions of people feel that way. Yeah, and then did it start to, you said your first month was 129 in gross, so that's like five videos or something. Yeah. And then the next was 20 videos. Something like who, that. And who was your second athlete? Um, I or think, your second I think uh, Jason Kipnis was like the second person on. Is that football or golf? Uh, he, or? Was a, he was like an all-star second baseman at the time. Baseball. He was like a big deal because like, oh, a baseball all-star yeah, player is yeah. on. And he, I remember he priced himself at like 100 bucks. Right. And at that point, like we were selling like, you know, $5 cameos. It's like, right. man, if anybody's ever going to buy this, you know, who knows? You know, now we've sold a $10,000 one before. Who was 10000 Uh We have a B2B SKU now. So, like, you can pay a lot of our talent, like, maybe 10x their normal price yeah. to, like, give a make a cameo for, like, your business that you could use on Instagram and oh, put on really, your website. Oh, and stuff clever. Like that. Yeah. But anyways, um, it was really interesting. So, like when we were building this platform, we only thought it was going to be for athletes first. It was like, yeah. And you know, they always say like, be focused, work on one vertical. And you know, for about two, three months we were going along, I was getting like backup, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL or like people I knew from Duke and Martin went to USC and we were kind of using our network to get our friends on. And, uh, and then one day I remember Devin, like it was our morning call. He's like, I think Cody, his roommate, Cody Co, who had 3 million YouTube followers, and people like Cody might be good at this. Yeah. So we decided to put Cody on, and Cody put it in a YouTube video, and all of a sudden, like, the site went viral for the first time, and I wow. think we went from, like, doing four, you know, when Cody joined, we went from, like, 4,000 in GMV to, like, or 8,000 in GMV to, like, 36,000 in GMV oh, wow. in, like, one month. Yeah. And then suddenly, we're like, oh, these influencer people are interesting. And yeah. Really, we probably found their first product market fit with former Vine stars. And that was, and then one of the great things about the product is that the PR is built in. Yeah. So you have, once you get, I, I'm, I would have been just like you thinking, okay, we, we're going to get them to do a video and then their, their teammates are going to see that they did a video and they got paid and then this yeah. thing's going to grow like this and then we're going to get all of those fans. Yep. Now you're at that point where the, when did it feel like the flywheel started to turn? Was it, was it Cody Co? Was it? Uh, a few months later, was it some, you know, big celebrity that came onto the platform? When, uh, when did it feel like everything is is churning now? 
Yeah, I mean, like, you could still argue, even though, like, it is now, you could argue that, like, we're still not there yet, right? Right. Um, I think the biggest early talent, so Cody was huge, because then Cody led to, like, a lot of the other Vine stars of, like, his ilk. So what was, month like, was Cody? Cody probably joined in may or june 2017 okay and then like that summer i remember very shortly after we got like nick coletti and evan breen who were like for a long time the two most booked people on the platform okay and are they vine stars they're vine stars so like we started to find our niche there and cody's like a big enough deal in the x vine world that like there is still like a a level above him like the king bashes or like the jake pauls of the world that we didn't have but like cody was like a big enough like that was a pretty serious name to add so i think cody was probably the most important talent we added but then um by the end of the summer i think it was like august or september dennis rodman joined cameo yeah and he came on at 200 bucks and you know even cody and these guys were like five bucks ten bucks but the day after Dennis Rodman joined, the very first press piece about Cameo came out, and the headline was Dennis Rodman, you know, get a shout out from Dennis Rodman yeah. for 200 bucks. And the second we had a Rodman, it kind of like, it gave somebody like, like for a while it was like, this is the app where you can get Dennis Rodman to do something. So I think in retrospect, he was probably our first signature talent. Yeah. Um, and the second he was doing it, like a lot of people were like, wow, Dennis Rodman used to be the most famous person on earth. Right. Like, like that's pretty cool. And and that, you know, for the first time kind of raised the bar of who he could get. Did you, and for Rodman, did you have to handhold him like you had to handhold all the earlies? Or did he hear about it from a friend or hear about it from an old teammate or whatever? So handholding was it? a funny story because at that point we hadn't even built a, a talent side fulfillment app yet. Even, so even the, in the late 2017? Yeah, I think we launched that in like October 2017. Okay. Okay. So basically, up to that point, the very first iteration of Cameo, we literally used to email the talent and be like, record a video and email it back. And then wow. we, would water, we would watermark it and then like send it off. Oh my God. And then like probably three or four months later after that, we didn't do that for a long time, but that but you know, the, yeah, first, the early I bet yeah. probably the first hundred or so yeah, yeah, we did sure. that. So we were trying to find like product market fit, like right. for the, on the talent side, like what do they actually want? And then right around that time, uh, Facebook Messenger decided to open up the platform and allow like chatbots to, to happen yeah. for the first time. So that was a really interesting development. And uh, then we started doing it all on Messenger and people could get a request and they could say yes or no. And if they said yes, the camera opened, they would record it and and do the video. Yeah. So that led to a Telegram bot after Facebook. And then, you know, like I said, it wasn't until October of that year that we actually like formally launched our app and, and ended up, um, you know, having something that talent could use. It was all a website before that. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't well, an app first. Oh, this, and this wasn't even on the consumer side. This yeah, is the yeah. talent side. So even last year, only 3% of our uh, total GMV came through our iOS app. Really? So this is still a very, very heavy, heavily web dominated product. web product. Oh, wow. The um, So the natural use cases for Cameo or er, you know early adopters probably quickly realized birthdays, like you said, yes. the first one was a birthday. Holidays are perfect. Valentine's Day yep. is perfect. Um, you probably knew all these things go very quickly or going in. How have you come up with, have you ideated sort of new use cases to create or have you found new use cases that people are, are that you didn't expect? 
I mean, our employees, I, I mean, our customers find those every day, right. right? So whether it's gender reveals or coming out to your parents or quitting your job or sending a job offer or announcing a promotion or, um, you know, roasting your friends or like getting betting advice or, you know, you name it. Like, I dare you to find something you can't, you know, a message you can't deliver with Cameo at this point. Right. There was one... Um so I got. I remember seeing a press article about someone who was who all of a sudden was known for helping people break up with their spouses. Mark McGrath. Mark from McGrath. Sugar from Sugar Every morning. That is a yes. Yeah, so you're right. They're finding because I was thinking, oh, there'd be a real seasonality element where you have these peaks around the holidays, you have these peaks around Valentine's Day, but then you think about it, birthdays are every day. Yeah. So that I mean, look, levels it out. Somehow, uh, Hallmark has found. You know, that's become a pretty big they've business. Okay. They've created a lot of holidays. So, yes, uh, Valentine's Day, like this past week, was the second best week we ever had. The first best week is the week of Christmas. Um, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day will be bigger than this one. So, like, uh, seasonality, like, we're, there's definitely a seasonal aspect. It's largely a gifting platform today. Yeah. Over 80% of cameos are bought for someone. So, times when people need to buy gifts like wedding season's good for us uh, but everybody's buying something christmas or hanukkah everybody's buying something for valentine's day everything's everybody's buying mother's day and actually 40 percent less people buy for father's day which i didn't know oh that's too bad for fathers do is the other you said 80 percent is for is gifting 20 percent is for people themselves yeah oh interesting I never thought, I always think of it as a gifting use case, but it makes sense that, oh, I might want, you know, yeah, like sometimes it's like, hey, I need inspiration or I'm a huge, like super fans. Um, so that's a really interesting one because, you know, for us, there's this aspect of like, even as we're starting to market for the first time, right? Because for yeah. the first few years, it was literally the thesis was add talent, add supply. Supply can beget its own demand. They're famous. They can promote on Instagram or Twitter. Yep. And they can turn their followers and our customers for free, essentially, right? Yep. So that was the magic kind of unfair distribution. And then on top of that, you know, you buy for your wife. Your wife puts it on Instagram. All her friends just learn about Cameo because yep. they're watermarked. So we had this flywheel, this distribution flywheel going on both sides. So that actually was what picked up a lot quicker than like the talent flywheel, for example. Yeah. Do you, um, so how, how, where, well, I guess this is a good time to talk about your new product because I was thinking, so, okay, if, if uh, naturally, if you're, if 20% of your use is, people asking, talking, wanting to talk to celebrities directly, it makes sense that your next feature is messaging. Totally. And we also think like, look, people have a limited gifting budget, but an unlimited right. budget on their self, right? <laughs> yeah. So still uh, limited, but yes, <laughs> but I mean, they're like, willing to spend relatively more. speaking, right? Sure. Uh, you know, I believe that like, if you're a huge Snoop Dogg fan, like you might love to like, you'd love to like pay to be, to like have direct access to text him anytime you want. Yep. You know, I think about some of the amazing like mentors and investors that like we've been able to get. And, you know, I worked at LinkedIn and one of the coolest is like Jeff Wiener has been an investor and is someone like I can text, right? And I know people would like pay for that. Like right. I would like basically, you know, pay to have that privilege when yeah. I was at LinkedIn. So I think, you know, what this can do is it actually helps filter like your biggest fans are actually like have the willingness to like pay for something. Right. So I always say that, yeah, like in a perfect world, we'd love it all to be free, right? I wish right. every cameo was free. I wish you could message people for free, but that product exists. That's Instagram DM. That's Twitter DM. Right. Right. And uh, recently I was with a, you know, one of the biggest uh, art, like rap stars in the world. 
and we opened her. She was saying, I want to join Cameo, but I don't want to charge my fans. And I told her to hand me her phone. She opened Instagram. And I said, how many unread DMs do you have? She had 4.3 million unread DMs. Right. Right. And I just said, look, if you were Put 99 cents, if it was 99 cents to send you a DM, maybe like that one, would be one, one, hundredth. one one hundredth right. of it would convert. And like, maybe you actually could have responded to some of those. Right. Um, and how, uh, are, are there any, I guess, okay, you talked about marketing. Are there, so now that you are getting into marketing, where are you having success finding customers? Or are you just going to let that flywheel get stronger and stronger? Yeah, I mean, look, we let the flywheel get stronger and stronger. We made a big hire. We hired the global head of marketing away from TikTok uh, this summer, you know, which was huge for us. So we're really building a world-class team there. Um, there's some interesting features that Instagram has made now. So like normally what would happen, a talent like a Ray Lewis would join Cameo and do an Instagram post, hey, I'm on Cameo. But because of the algorithm, like only a fraction of their followers might see it. Right. There's a new new tool that Instagram has that allows like a brand to boost a post that somebody made. Yeah. So now like during fantasy football season, we can go back and take that post he did six months ago and like, you know, bring, give that right. a second life. Oh yeah, that's a natural extension. And now we're marketing to his fans who are the most likely people right. in the world to buy him. Do have you had anyone come? When were you first starstruck on the platform? When did you feel like I can't believe we got that person? I think Brett Favre was the first like really really big one. Yeah, and I remember uh, meeting him for the first time, and you know he was just so cool and so normal, and every bone in my body wanted to hate him because I'm a diehard Bears fan. Yeah, I'm but, surprised that yeah a Packer. But would be. I mean honestly, like he's become like a friend of mine now. Like I just took my dad down to to Miami for Super Bowl and we had breakfast with like Brad in the morning and he's just like he's literally just the man that's great to hear are there any smaller influencers on cameo who outkick their coverage who like <laughs> make a great living basically just off cameo yeah I mean there's a kid there's a new show called uh, cheer on Netflix it's oh like everyone loves thing. it yeah Jerry Harris who's like the you know I guess one of the main characters on it is making more money than Snoop Dogg on Cameo right now. No. And seven weeks ago, nobody had ever heard of him. Wow. Yeah. What? How much does he charge for a video? Uh, I think he's like maybe like 50 to 100 He's bucks. probably moving his way up. But I mean, literally nobody had ever heard of this guy before. That and one of my incredible. core theses is around Cameo is that, A, there are more famous people today than ever before. And that supply is increasing every day, right? Right. Every Netflix documentary, yep. every Amazon Prime show, Twitch, SoundCloud, like they're just making new famous people every day. Yep. And people are more famous now than they've ever been. Right. Um, Zion Williamson had 2.1 million followers in high school on Instagram. Yeah. My buddy Lance Thomas, you know, won a national championship at Duke, four-year starter, was on the Knicks starting yeah, and had less Instagram followers than Zion. That's incredible. School, yeah, right? that's... so people are more famous. Right, the people coming up today, like think about Lil Nas X. You know, he had one hit, and you know has probably tens of millions of followers now. Where like someone like Mark McGrath was like a top singer for decades, but because it was pre, you know, Twitter and pre Instagram, yeah. really, like he doesn't have the follower count. Right, and you when you, I always think about one hit wonders from the eighties and nineties and. You know, today they, they there wouldn't be as many one hit wonders because these people have this huge following that will follow them wherever they. And people don't like they don't unfollow people, which is interesting. They don't right? like there's a cancel culture, so like it happens. But like once you've kind of hit like a critical mass of stickiness, like 
you're not going to go from like 5 million followers to like zero. Right. So this is a really interesting trend in the world where I think because of social, fame is more sticky than ever. So I think yep. nostalgia is going to become a bigger and bigger deal. Definitely. How, how do uh, influencers price their cameos? Do you help them in, in the user flow or do they just pick a number out of the blue? So in the early days, you know, nobody knew how much these should cost. So I came up with an equation called earnings per minute. And I'd say, how much money do you make? So Andre Drummond's a good example. Who's yeah. the first max salary NBA player Pretty, to join. He makes a lot per minute. $25 million a year is how much he makes. Right. I told him take $25 million, divide by 2,000 hours in a work year, 50, 40-hour weeks, divide by 60. Yep. He makes $208 per minute. Oh so if you charge 100 Per waking fi- minute or per... Per, work, mi- per working per, minute. Okay, right? per working minute. So if he was to charge 100 or $150 per cameo, he actually could make more money per minute with us than he could be it, as a max salary player in the NBA. Yeah. And is that do is there an onboarding for people when they come? If if you know now you're getting you know hundreds of celebrities a day coming yeah. onto the platform on their own self service. Are those people seeing some guidance about what they should charge? Or are yeah, they I mean they're they're, they're they're talking to our team. Um, sometimes like people just especially with athletes, they like to some of them will pick their numbers. So like Brett Favre is like four hundred bucks because he was number four. Uh, Brian Urlacher is $540 because he was number 54. Yeah. But Lance Briggs is $55 because he was number 55. Yeah. Right. So like one thing that's really interesting is Cameo started to become almost like a real estate business. So it's like going on, it's like going on Zillow and seeing that the two bedroom, two bath, you know, condo next to you is like selling for X amount of money. But, right. You know, you try to sell your condo for more money, but it's older and like shittier and right. smaller. Like, the buyer is going to go to the You're other place. You're going to learn right? very quickly so, that it's not working. So now we're seeing that people are literally going onto the site and looking for relative value within a category, unless they're like an absolute super fan of that one person. What uh, What's the craziest cameo request that you've seen or heard about? Um, huh. uh, I wouldn't say the... Or most unique or most uncommon or... I guess Mark that's a good example. You want to hear the most moving one? Yeah. Okay. So in the first year, there was this guy, Ben Bruce. He's the lead singer of a band called Asking Alexandria. And the request was like, hey, my girlfriend's brother like died of a heroin overdose and she loves your music more than anything in the world. This is what's keeping her going. I just want you to tell her you love her and that things are going to get better and all that type of stuff. And like this guy got to answer that. You yeah. Know? And just like how powerful is that? Right. Yeah, here. Yeah, you get to. It's great to meet your heroes, and I think that's a really. Yeah, that's powerful for sure. How is Chicago as a startup city? Man, Chicago has been awesome. Um, one thing that's cool about Chicago is like every single person in tech that's like will like can be helpful is. I think for a business like Cameo, um, nobody in Chicago really has any exposure to any type of like celebrity based business. So I think if we were in LA, like we might have taken money from one person and then, you know, they have a vested interest in like an agency or a studio or something else. And maybe they would have killed us before we got going. Um, Or, you know, maybe like one person that could be helpful, like has enemies across town that like because they're part of it, they weren't. Because we kind of grew up like in Chicago and we're able to be incubated and shielded from like Hollywood. I think it allowed us a chance to grow and a chance to iterate. And we were really just working on things that like nobody cared about, right? We were right. not building a platform for Drake or Kim Kardashian. 
we were trying to help like people like Cody Co and, and Devin like monetize and cash this marsh. And these were like the out, you know, the outcasts and the misfits in Hollywood, the people that, yeah. like, you know, you, nobody was rolling out the red carpet for. And, and I think Chicago is also great because, um, you know, people in Chicago like want to work in these businesses. You think of like some of the best people in the world, like Ari Emanuel, like the biggest agent right. on earth, is from Chicago, right? Right. But because there's no talent business in Chicago, like he had to go to LA and like work at CAA and like work up through the mailroom and become something. I think it's pretty cool that the 23 year old version of Ari Emanuel could like leave Michigan and come work at you know Cameo in Chicago and, right. and you know maybe become like you know one of the most connected people on earth without being in Hollywood. Do you, who is, uh, is there someone you're dying to get on the platform, but haven't been able to yet? I mean, yeah, there's like, <laughs> you know, I believe there's 5 million people in the world that could be on it. Are, you, 25, ha- are you having these conversations oh, yeah. now? I mean, like desperately e- every day, but like, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, politics is a vertical I'd love to like get into and like, you know, imagine having like, you know, Obama or, you know, Trump or like Clinton or like any of these people on like, yeah. just like how powerful and how cool that would be um one of the democratic candidates two of them actually that have since dropped out were both like getting ready to onboard and launch Uh, um and i think like the second that happens like you read about elizabeth warren does these like four-hour selfie lines after rallies yeah and if you move to cameo and like this became a campaign donation or a charitable donation like you know how cool would that be if you know they're on their plane or they're on a bus, like going from one place to the next and they're just knocking these out. Yeah. I, I think getting idea. politicians on would be pretty cool. Um, so let's see, we had just good stories along the way. Oh yeah. What, what were some challenges? So you had a lot of challenges in the early days. It, have you had more recent challenges, the things that are keeping you up at night now that you're sweating or. Yeah. Every, I mean, look, every day is a challenge. Like um, it's really interesting. Cause when you're in the thick of things, like, Everything feels like a challenge. Everything feels like it's yeah. breaking. It feels like we're not moving fast enough. You know, I know yesterday, like Andrew Chen released the Andreessen. You were on there. Fastest growing marketplace. Mar- marketplace 100. And we were ranked the second fastest growing marketplace in the world. It's a good sign. And like, you know, to my team, they would probably sit there and feel like, you know, because I'm, I'm pushing everybody so hard, right? Right. Uh, I think sometimes like that, it's, you know, look, that's not like a pat on the back because it's like, who knows what the methodology was. Like, right. hey, maybe we're first or maybe we're 13th. Like, right. I don't know. We, uh, but, yeah. but certainly, like, it's pretty cool to, to be recognized, you know, for the growth that we're having. And, um, you know, it never feels like you're going fast enough. It never feels like you're shipping quick enough. It never feels like you have a good enough team. It never feels like, but, you know, the thing that I try to like get my team focused on is like, we're making magic every day, right? right? We are delighting our customers. Like they're, it's such an inspiring like mission and, and you know what we do every day, like literally we make magic. Right. right? And, um, if you can't get out of bed and like to work on a Saturday or, you know, pull the long hours for that, like, you know, you should be working somewhere else. How big is your team now? How many people work at Cameo? I think we're about one thirty now. Okay. And most in Chicago, most in LA or all remote? We've probably got about 90 in Chicago, okay. about 40 in LA. And then we have like two or three um, in the UK. We have some engineers in Argentina and we've got one in Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. Do you, so you have a lot of ways you can go with the business now. Do you 
what do you want to build? What do you want this to look like in five years? Is it going to look like an agency where you start to add services for the influencers? Is it going to look like, are you going to keep building on this feature set that you have on the platform that you've already started? Um, I think we're, I think we're a pure marketplace connecting talent to their fans. So we are, you know, I don't see cameo being an agency. Like I I don't want to be negotiating like contracts or anything like that. I think like the, you know, CAs and the, you know, WMEs of the world are plenty good at that. You know, we're, that's not that exciting to me. What's so exciting is like, you know, billions of people around the world, like want, you know, they, they look up to celebrities or, you know, inspirational leaders or professors or cooks or whatever they're into or authors or podcast hosts. And like, I like that we're being the B2C, you know, aspect to that. Or even in our B2B product that we've just launched, like we're not trying to sell like Coca-Cola, like access to like Gilbert Gottfried. Right. But for some small coffee shop, like in your neighborhood here, like maybe hearing from a San Francisco Giants player and having them say like, Hey, this is the best coffee, you know, in pack Heights, like suddenly, you know, that could be really meaningful to that mom and pop. So I think we're connecting like, Main Street with Hollywood. Yeah. And that's pretty exciting. And and really, there's a story we always like to tell about, um, you know, the red velvet rope. And, you know, I remember when we were starting the company, people would always ask, if Cameo was a person at a party, who would it be? And the answer to this question is kind of the vision that I've given our employees for the company. And it's, you know, imagine, you know, it was NBA All-Star Weekend last week in Chicago. Yeah. Imagine you're there with me and... And, uh, you know, we hear about this huge party at Tao and like, you know, we can't get into Tao on a normal night, much less like all-star weekend, right. you know, crazy, the biggest line that you've ever seen. It's around the block two times. And somehow we like finagle our way into the world's greatest party. And then like in the DJ booth, like behind the red velvet rope is like every person you've ever wanted to meet. It's like Michael Jordan and Obama right. and like AI, like partying with like Rick Ross and DJ Khaled and like Guy Fieri. And you're like, holy shit, like look at all these people. And like some guy we met like 15 years ago at like a frat party, you know, like we both, we know, but like, we're like, they don't, you know, that guy definitely doesn't remember us. And we're like looking up there and it's like, holy shit, that person's there. And then like all of a sudden there's a thousand people there, but that guy like, takes a look, catches our eye, like waves us over, opens the red velvet rope and introduces us to every person there. Right. That's cameo. Yeah. Did, uh, did you go to a great party at All-Star Weekend? We threw a great party at oh, All-Star Weekend. even better. Yeah. Do you... And uh, I did go to the Jordan party. It was oh. like his birthday. It was the coolest party they I've ever been to in my life. It's the best party it's at best every party. All-Star It's the best weekend. party in the world. That is, and that's probably similar to what you described. Look, it, it had a lot of, it had yeah, a lot of those yeah, people. I'll tell you who I, we're still on the wrong side of the red velvet rope at the Jordan party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, what's some advice you have for founders that are starting today? What's something that you wish someone had told you in, in, you know, October, 2016 or January, 2017? Uh, so the two, I think there's three things, especially for consumer founders. So number one, uh, an investor I really respect, uh, out of Atlanta, uh, has this, this basical theory on consumer founders, founding teams. And he said, to be a successful consumer founding team, you need the three, these three personality types. It can be all in one. Sometimes they have two or three, but like you need the hustler, the hacker and the hipster. Okay. And if you don't have all three, like you're not going to work. You need the hustler to 
<clears throat> get out scrap, sell the vision, the right. mission. You need the hacker to build it and you need the hipster to like know what's cool and see where the puck's going. Yeah. So that's like an archetype. And I tell uh, young founders I mentor, like make sure your co-founders have very complementary skill sets. Yeah. Because if you, if everyone wants to be CEO or like everyone wants to lead product or everyone wants to do, yeah, like it's, it's just never, cycles. it's never going to work. It's wasted cycles. Right. Um, secondly, Make sure you're doing something you love. If you're right. working on uh, in a category that you're obsessed with, even if the TAM's not that big, like it's probably worth it, right? Because who knows? It might be that the TAM like suddenly gets bigger in the marketplace. But I see a lot of founders like chasing big TAMs or like yep. working on opportunities they think are just big opportunities, but but have nothing to do with put, their passion. They weren't put on earth to like win. Like right. me, Martin, and Devin were put on earth to build this company. Right. Like, Martin was an NFL agent and movie producer. Devin, how many engineers in the world were like former Vine stars with the billion loops on Vine? Like, yeah. I'm a marketplace guy. Like as an options trader, right. you know, I built my first network effect business in college. Like we were the perfect people in the world to do this. Right. If, you know, if, if Devin was, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he would have been too successful to, to right. build Cameo. If Martin was Ari Emanuel, he would have been too busy signing you know huge deals for The Rock right. to do it. So we had the right mix of like access, but also drive and like needed proof. And I think finding like other really hungry people uh, is super important as well. Um, and then some fun, fun ones, fun ones that I ask everyone at the end: uh, What's something on your bucket list that you haven't done? What's something on my bucket list that I haven't not done? Not work related. Not work related. Um, so this is funny. We had a, we we had some we had basically a, I think it was me and my girlfriend on Valentine's Day. We were talking about like, what must you accomplish in the next ten years? And I want to go to space. Great one. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just something you like, you know. Hopefully, in the next ten years, I'm in position to do it. But like, yeah. I Even if it's next 25. I absolutely, I do not want to like die and not go to space. That is a great, it's one of the better answers that I've heard. Uh, a lot of them are traveling answers, but none of them have been to travel to space. Uh, if you had a 30 second or a 60 second uh, Super Bowl ad, who would you choose to represent Cameo and why? Our fans. Um, I would have 30 to 60 seconds of just reaction Reactions. videos going, yep. going forward. Uh, we built our missions to create the most personalized and authentic fan experiences on earth. Um, you know, we live for the fans. We're trying to, you know, make them smile, laugh and cry every day. That's who I'd put on. And I think in your onboarding, you see some fan. It's very clear. You have very clever onboarding to your mobile app. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. I think you see some fan reactions right, right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's cool because again, that very first one we sold, there was a fan reaction video and we didn't know that was going to be a thing, but like, that's what's really, that's the magic. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, if you weren't running Cameo, what would you be doing? I know you were put on earth to run Cameo. I was put on earth to run Cameo. You know, hopefully the board lets me run it for, you know, a long time. Right. Uh, I love my job. I wouldn't, I truly would not trade jobs with anyone in the world. If it got a rate, if all of a sudden tomorrow <laughs> Cameo doesn't exist, it's erased. If I wasn't working for Cameo, you know, I would just be, I'd be starting something else. Like yeah. I, uh, it became very clear to me that like in starting this company, just how amazing it is to be a founder and like how quickly if you are a founder of something that works or starts to work or showing signs of working, yeah. just how like the world kind of becomes your oyster in the, in the network that you get around. I mean, you know, we, we were in the Valley just for an offsite and literally, you know, 
10 of the best minds in, in like Silicon right. Valley history were like working with my team. And, right. And, you know, these are these relationships, people I can talk to basically anytime I want. And, um, you know, it's so, it's so amazing as a founder to like have that. So like, I, you know, I would go do, I don't know what it is, but something like, else go, where you I'd still go, got to do those things. I'd go try to figure out the next thing, but I think it's super important that, you know, you're doing something that you're great at, that you love to do, that the world needs. And ultimately that people are willing to pay for. Perfect. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. Thanks for coming at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday, whatever day it is, on a Wednesday right before your flight. I really appreciate it. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening, and uh, I sincerely appreciate your support of the show. Um, please share the show, uh, subscribe, rate if you haven't already. Um, follow me on Twitter at Billy underscore Draper. Um, and we've started to record video of some of our interviews, so I'll be releasing that in snippets. Uh, share it if you find it interesting. Thank you.